Welcome to Opening the Door Podcast. Join me as we unlock the door to our psychic and mediumship abilities. Today you'll hear a conversation I had with Atiyah. We talked about her spiritual journey and her transition from a teaching career to a spiritual career, spiritual hygiene and worthiness, plus there are some great tips for working with your guides toward the end. I love this conversation with Atiyah as I love every conversation I have for this podcast. It just really fills my cup and I just want to say a quick thank you to Atiyah for coming on, every other guest who has ever come on the podcast and everybody who listens every week. I just am filled with so much gratefulness right now. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and remember, don't be afraid to open your door. Today we are welcoming Atiyah to Opening the Door podcast. Intuitive John, aka Atiyah, your favorite neighborhood seer, is a holistic practitioner and psychic intuitive who uses her gift as a seer to help counsel people with psychic confirmation and knowledge from overcoming her own life experiences. Also known as Atiyah Christina, Intuitive John is an Usai Reiki master practitioner and second year herbal apprentice. Just this past December, she left her eight years of teaching high school science to pursue her passion of using multiple modalities to heal the collective and uplift its consciousness full-time. Through spirit, Reiki, and plant medicine, Atia has become more deeply connected to her own reality and life's journey at the direction of her guides who continue to influence her open-ended but clear path toward healing, generational trauma, and self-discovery. As she has continued to integrate the practice of Reiki and plant medicine in her daily life, it has felt like a return home. As the use of these practices continues to deeply activate her intuition and allow her to use her soul and past life gifts atia welcome to opening the door hi i'm so happy to be here i am so happy to chat with you about your journey as we talked about a little bit before we started recording uh you and i are in the same general geographical area so it's always exciting to find somebody close to home who's you know up in the area doing really cool stuff yeah i love how like Once you get into this area, once you get into this vibration, like you just naturally start to connect with people in this super organic way. And it's it's almost feels like a knowing, like, I knew I would meet you. I don't know who you are. I've never seen you before, but you just feel like it fits. (laughs) Yes, I love that. Yeah, it's sort of like a magnet, right? Like once you start getting into what you're not meant to be doing, but like something you're really passionate about or excited about, you know, all of it sort of just starts moving towards you, which is so cool. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about your journey. Where did you start? How did you get to where you are today in your practice? So what's really interesting is I feel like my journey started really early because it started kind of unclearly. My parents were raised with two different faiths. So my dad was actually raised in Islam. He was Muslim. And my father, uh, my father and my mother, (laughs) she was Christian. So what was interesting is like, I had these two similar, but like in some aspects, very different religions, like juxtaposed against each other as I was like working through my early years. So honestly, I like to say I was raised in religious confusion. (laughs) 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 I was like, I was like, I don't know what I accept from here. I don't know what I accept from here. I'm young. I'm impressionable. Like, I don't know, like, you know, and trying to walk in these two different faiths 
was really challenging sometimes because I feel like they both had certain expectations of me, which probably is part of why their relationship didn't work. But that's a whole different podcast, probably. Yeah. But anyways, (laughs) um, so kind of being raised that way and then kind of just overall, though, like they were very supportive individuals, really allowed me to kind of come into myself. So I never felt forced to do anything, but I did feel like, you know, it's your parents. So there's like that lingering expectation of everything. So I kind of walked through life. They were always really supportive, like I said. So at first I was like, you know what, I'm going to be a doctor, right? So I like go out there and I like work at a hospital and I'm like, woo, this is draining. Uh, I was like, this is not quite it. And then I just really realized that I had this big passion for teaching, which was really um, more correlated with like how I wanted to like nurture people and advise people. And like the biggest thing for me was like not having these children go through the confusion and depression and anxiety and things that like I really struggled with when I was younger and the loneliness. Um, And so I just really always wanted to be a mentor. And I felt like teaching was like the first most obvious way to do that. And kind of as I started to kind of open up and like go through my own spiritual awakening, um, which always sounds so woo-woo, like, ooh, spiritual awakening. spiritual awakening but once I went through my own kind of spiritual awakening I kind of realized I could have a broader perspective in what mentorship and education and teaching people and advising people could look like and so it happened like very recently where this past December like you said I was just kind of like realized it was time to move on And honestly, it was not a clear, like, it was like a clear directive. Like it was like, spirit was like, it's done. Like this part of your life is over. And I was just like, what? Cause I had this whole like trajectory, like I'm going to be a teacher and I'm going to retire and I'm going to like, you know, engage all these people, all these youth and like uplift them, which is things that of course I've gotten to do in my teaching career. But I just feel like my biggest mission just was supposed to look a little bit broader and a little bit different. Um, And so I feel like now that I'm kind of here and I'm like performing Reiki on my clients and I'm doing readings and I'm just like doing general, almost like intuitive counseling, I've found that I've really been able to just engage people in a more authentic way that feels more aligned with like what my larger mission is versus like a a smaller pathway that education provided. Mm, yes, definitely. I think it can be really scary. I'm sure it was really scary to realize like, oh my gosh, it's time to move on. Like it's time to do something else. That's huge, especially as a teacher, right? A lot of people are in that career because they're passionate about teaching and helping, you know, young students and, and stuff like that. So I'm sure that felt crazy. What was that transition like from teaching to spirituality work? What did it feel like? And how did you know you were ready? I still don't know if I'm ready, but anyways, no. (laughs) (laughs) I still don't know if I'm ready. I'm like, here, I'm like, here, I'm like, hey, I'm like, God, I'm here. I'm doing this stuff. And then I'm just kind of like, hello? No. Um, And then, you know, slowly but surely this next steps are revealed. But Honestly, it's so cliche to say, but like the pandemic really did change our lives. And I feel like we all know that education was like severely impacted from that. But I feel like even with that, 
there were so many shifts that were external, but there were so many shifts that were happening inside of me during that time. Um, and it really just changed the way I wanted to kind of like affect what I wanted to do in the world. Like I was like, I could, you know, be here and kind of have this smaller scope or I can kind of like really allow myself to be out there and come out of my shell and be able to really feel like I'm more aligned with what I truly feel like I'm here to do. And so I, I love this. This is like one of my favorite stories because people always look at me like I'm crazy, but I'm like, this is really how it happened. Like I was literally, first of all, I probably should have left education at the end of last school year. I felt, I felt the discomfort. And I feel like a lot of us are familiar with that kind of like intuitive discomfort where it's like, this is not right anymore. It's time to move. But then like the movement is like, where am I going? Yeah. <laughs> like a lot definitely. of times it's like, it's time to move. And then you're in your head like, to move where, to do what? Like you have like all these questions when a reality is sometimes the shift is really all you need and then all of that other stuff will fall into place, mm -hmm. which I found as I've kind of made this transition. But basically like I go through the summer, I'm like, okay, like we're starting this new school year. Let me get ready. But like, I knew like my heart was in it. Like the passion was still there for the initial like mission, right. Of like supporting children and allowing, you know, and teaching them and showing them what I know, but like everything else just felt like stress. And I just was like, this doesn't feel good in my body anymore. Like I just can't. So I'm just like, I'm getting ready. I'm like, all right, let me make sure I have my like teacher bag and you know, my planner and all this stuff. And I like get to my planner and usually like I'll buy a planner that covers a few years. So I don't have to like keep buying planners every 10 minutes. And I like open to the end of the planner and I'm like, oh, this ends in December. And I heard a voice inside of me be like, that's it. And mm -hmm. I was like, what? <laughs> they were like, what? and they were like, don't buy a new planner. And I was like, don't buy a new plan. Like, I was like, this is it. Like, this is the journey's over. They're like, that's it. Like, don't buy a new planner. And I was like, oh my God. So I'm like sitting there, like, like, I'm like, kind of like floored for a second. Like, oh, so like, you want me to do this now, like right now, like now. So I was like, okay. And so I closed the planner. I put it in my bag. I'm like, I guess this is it. So I'm like, okay, well, what am I putting in my resignation? And my birthday's in September. So I was like, well, I feel like that's like a cool, fresh start to like put your resignation in on your solo return. And so I was like, okay. And so I like drafted my resignation letter and I handed it in on my birthday and uh, which was September 21st. And literally the superintendent was like, where are you going? What are you doing? And why are you leaving? <laughs> and I was just like, uh, I was just like, you know, I just, you know, it, I haven't been able to do what I feel like I need to do here. And I feel like there's more in my life that I need to be able to exact at this time. So it's time for me to move on. And of course, you know, when you're appreciated, they put all the bells and whistles on everything. And they're like, look over here, you could do this and this. And I just was like, I, I could just feel it. Like I'm a human design generator. So like okay. everything is like deep in the body. So I'm just in my body, like, is this making me change my mind? And my body's just like, you like that emoji with the hands up? Like, we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It was very much what it was giving. Like, I don't care. It's not changing anything. And I'm like, okay. And so I just knew it was time to move on. And honestly, I, 
I was like, I knew it was time, but I, I was like, there was so much sadness in that transition because it's like, first, you know, when you plan your life, which like, I feel like, I feel like the universe, like spirit, God always laughs at us when we do that. Cause it's like, you plan your life. And then you, of course, like, they're like, psych, go this way. And you're like, oopsie. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. But, but when you plan your life, it's like, okay, I thought I was going to be doing this. And then the reality of like, no, I'm called to do something else right now. And then like, also like, you know, dissolving the relationships that I've built in this kind of, you know, part of my life, which some of them will carry on, but a lot of them will kind of dissolve and kind of fade away. Um, so that was sad and people being like, you know, I'm going to miss you being here and you, know, my students like not quite understanding, but it was like one student asked me, he was like, why do you want to leave? And I was like, God told me to shift. And he was like, that makes a lot of sense. And I just was like, wow, these kids got some deeper understandings and Ooh. I love that for them. I got but, goosebumps when you said that, like God told me to shift. Yeah, like, me oh, too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> me too. Yeah. But it's just like, it felt like the right student to say it to. And he just really was just like, okay, I get it. Like, he was like, I haven't gotten it before, but like, I get it. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of where I was. Where like, I didn't really understand either, but I get it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so even it was really it was really hard. And like, I remember like telling my students I was crying. And at first I was like going to tell everybody in person. And I was like, I can't do it. I ended up like recording a video because I just knew like, I'll be like falling apart. Yeah. And I just didn't want them to see me like that because some of them were so sad. So I just was like, okay, I hate like things that feel clinical, but I was just, I couldn't do it. It just was such, it was such a huge transition in my life that I just was like, there's too many emotions trying to like do this with everyone here. So yes. Yeah. What did your family and friends, like what were their reactions when you told them you were leaving your longtime career and, and shifting to the spiritual space? I'm not going to lie. I didn't tell my mom till like two days before my resignation. Love that. <laughs> I was like, I don't, cause I'm like, I'm a 36 year old woman. I don't have time to like be judged. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't care if it's my mom. Now I deeply like love and revere my mom, but I'm like, I don't care if it's my mom. Like, I don't have time to be like trying to talk her through. And it was so funny. Cause when I told her, cause you know, I hadn't gone into like deep details about like the struggles I've had, but we would talk about work all the time. And she'd tell me like, oh, you know, I've been, you know, having a rough day at work or this is happening or this thing. And then I'd kind of like, kind of vaguely clue her in. So she had some like indication that like, I wasn't very happy anymore. Um, so she wasn't like completely caught off guard, but I don't think she realized I just was going to be like, oops, time to go. Like she just was kind of like, so I told her and she was just like, okay. And she was like, well, what's next? And I'm like explaining it to her. And like, you know, my family, it's ironic because like my religious upbringing had such a big effect on me, but like, I feel like now even my own family is not deeply religious in a way where it's like, kind of like my immediate family kind of like making me feel like I have to fill some certain mold I feel like my mom was just and like my family in general were always just people who were like find like they never really were like you have to do this or think this way or blah 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 
it kind of was just very much like find what fits for you and so I'm like okay so I'm like explaining it to her and like my mom's a nurse and I feel like a lot of nurses are actually familiar with Reiki um because even like the cancer center for example provides Reiki to um, Reiki volunteers to their clients um there because they know like how deeply healing and regenerative it can be and so I'm kind of like explaining it to her and going through and then she already had known that I'd started my herbal apprenticeship the year before and so like a couple weeks ago we were like talking and she was like I'm really proud of you and I was like what like I just was like huh and she was just like I'm proud of you because you know you've been so brave and you're really like finding what makes you happy and what you're passionate about um, and she was like, and you know, you're studying herbalism and you're just like doing all the things that kind of like really light you up right now. And she's like, I'm just, she was like, I'm really proud of you for like going after what you're passionate about. And I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, Love you know? that. So great to hear. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like, it's like, you don't always consciously like seek your parents approval, but there is always that like you know, your inner child's always like, like, it's like this excitement that you get. Um, and it's funny because with my friends, like I'm one of those people who work a lot behind the scenes. Like I'm the type of person where it's like, if it, like, I like to tell people once it's done, like, I'm like, okay, it's done. Here's this thing I did. You know what I mean? And so for some of my friends, they were like, uh, what? Like you're leaving your job. I'm like, yeah, I'm leaving my job. I'm not happy anymore. Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, uh, okay. And they're like, well, how are you going to make money? I'm like, oh, well, you know, it, it'll come together. And they're like, what? And it's like, especially for me, um, uh, I'm a Virgo son. So I already have control issues and, um, and very much like this, like very organized way of like, and people are looking to me to be like, okay, she's going to do the thing and do the stuff and the next thing and what's next and da 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 and like the accolades and everything. And they were just like, oh, so you're just going to abandon your life and like, go do the, th the stuff and like follow your passion. And I was just like, yes, that is. Yeah. What I'm doing. If not now, when honestly, like, no, really, truly, like, yeah, truly, if not now, when, so yeah. I think they're like starting, like my really close friends were just like, you go girl, we got this. I got yeah. you if you ever need anything. And then my, my friends that weren't as close or like, I wasn't telling them every little detail are kind of like starting to get it. And they're like, Hey girl, I see you at doing the thing or popping up over here and blah, blah, blah. Like you're bringing this together. And I was like, I told y'all like kind of once, once you move, then kind of everything else moves along with it. So. Yeah, I love that. I feel like that's also a great, I know we're not really talking about manifesting, but that's a really good manifesting tip too. Like, like mm -hmm. movement creates your manifestation, you know, like you can meditate on it and dream about it for your whole life. But if you actually never make the moves to make it happen, it's actually not going to happen. You know, <laughs> it's rare that something really gets put in your lap you know? So yeah. Like people just think it's like, let me wish and wish. And it's like, mm, but you have to make space and you have to be open. And I feel like the deepest part of manifestation is feeling worthy because so mm. many of us have this like 
deep programmed unworthiness that we don't even realize is there. And we're like, why isn't the love of my life here? Why isn't, you know, my dream job here? Why? And it's like, because you don't have the worthiness to hold on to those things. Wow. Yeah. I've definitely, that's definitely something that I've been like struggling with and working on lately for sure. Mm, Me too. (laughs) Do you have any, like, since we're spinning this way anyway, do you have any tips for people like worthiness tips? How, how did you like really start maybe when you started your Reiki and like when you started doing this stuff, how did you uh, cultivate worthiness within yourself? So there's two parts to this question. First thing is I feel like spiritual hygiene is so important and that doesn't have to look I'm the type of person, like when I talk to people and do readings and stuff, I'm like, I don't want spirituality to be pretentious for you. So like, if you're the person who loves to have all the stuff and dress the candles and light the sage and light the Palo Santo and take the spirit baths and make the formulas and do like, that's gorgeous. I love doing stuff like that. It feels very intentional, but I feel like spiritual practice really is only about intention. And you don't need anything in order to exact an intention except yourself and the intention of what you're trying to do. So when I tell people to work with water to like cleanse their aura, I'm like, you could literally be standing in the shower and ask the water like, because water is like so transformative. It's really, it's just, it's, it's, it's energy in and of itself. And it also hydrates us and is so important for moving things through our own energy. So I'm like, ask the water to cleanse you and remove the negative energy away. Like you don't need something to have spiritual hygiene, but making sure, you know, you're having moments of silence, even if it's as structured as a meditation, but really tapping deep back into your body, really asking yourself like the questions that need to be answered and searching for the inner knowings that you already have deep inside of you and really allowing those things to just come to the surface, journaling, like all these things that can really gratitude journaling, really keep you present because I feel like presence is really where our power is and we lose that power when we kind of start coming out of ourselves so when I say like spiritual hygiene it doesn't even really need to be spiritual it's just any practice that keeps you present you know Um, and I think that's so important then in terms of worthiness I feel like almost any program And I say these are programs because we don't inherently come in this way, right? Like our spirit doesn't come into our body and be like, you unworthy, like, no, (laughs) you know? And so any program, I feel like you got to get to the root of the program. So it's like, when did you first start feeling unworthy? What, you know, situations in your life kind of perpetuated this belief that you don't deserve the things you are calling in because the reality is that's an untruth right like we're all deserving and we don't have to like you know work eight hours a day or like have children or get married to like have worthiness you know people don't need to see our value outside of ourselves the only person who needs to value you is you (laughs) so I feel like And it's funny because I literally did a reading last week and this came up and I just was like, you need to get to the root of the problem. Like where, where, like who was the first person who made you feel unworthy and what situations in your life perpetuated or reciprocated back this feeling of unworthiness? And how can you then realize that these were all falsehoods and see the value in yourself? Because the reality of the situation is 
once we live in a certain vibration, all the universe does is repeat that vibration back to us. So the more unworthy you tell yourself you are, the more the situations in your life will perpetuate this false reality where it's like, yeah, you are unworthy. So when you start getting to the root of that problem and being like, you know what? You know, when my aunt told me that my hair looked ugly, which that's not a real story, but you know, it's like the, it's the littlest things. Like you're like, I was four and my aunt said my hair looked ugly. And then I just spiraled into like, I'm ugly. You know what I mean? And it's just like, people don't realize, and that it's not intentional because they're living in their own program. Right. But the fact of the matter is these little nuances you just have to get to the root of them and really understand like, where did this belief come from so that I can change the belief? Um, and I feel like once we start doing that deep shadow work, which is like, yikes, deep shadow work is so scary. <laughs> cause it's like, cause you say shadow and it's like, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Ugh, I don't want to look at that thing, you know, but when you start doing that deep shadow work and you start realizing the program, then you're like, oh snap, wait a minute. Like, I didn't realize how deeply affected I was by that. And then you can start believing the new truth, which is like, oh, snap, I am like, I am worthy. It's not that I'm unworthy. It's just I've internalized all these situations in my life that made me feel that way. That is so awesome. I love the new truth. Oh, my gosh. I love that. I just love that <laughs> phrase. I yeah. love it. Oh, such good tips in there. What are some things that you do like on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to like for your own spiritual hygiene? I love, so I love doing things like moving my body. Cause like, I feel like when we use the word exercise, it becomes slightly pretentious. Cause it's like, Oh, let me go exercise. Let me go. And then it's like, you know, but our body is like the vessel that's carrying our spirit. So it's like, I need to take care of it. So, you know, moving my body meditation is so powerful, um, especially as someone with mercury placements. Um, if you're like a Virgo, Gemini, anything with strong mercury placements, like you need to meditate because your brain is like ticky, 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 like all the time. And you need like those moments of like, everybody shut up. I just have to, you know, um, and so very much tapping into that. Gratitude journaling is a big one. I love that. I feel like it's very, it's excellent for when things feel kind of dense and low, because then it puts things in perspective. I feel like we don't do enough work in general, like as people, um, to appreciate how much we do to move from one situation to the next. Like we're always quick to be like, do more, do more, do more, go, 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 go. But then we get there, we get to the there, like the, whatever the there is. And then we're like looking around and we're just like, oh, I'm still sad. And it's like, you literally move like six timelines, just <laughs> like you just jump six timelines. Yeah. You literally like broke a generational curse and like healed, you know, all this trauma in your family's lineage. And like, you're like standing there and you're just like not acknowledging how like deeply transformative your presence has been in this lifetime. So, yeah. you know, gratitude journaling, I feel like is a really powerful practice. Um, I love a spiritual bath and just that intention, that self-care of it, and really just kind of washing away things that feel stagnant. Um, I love moon rituals with sage and Palo Santo and just making sure my house is really clean around those transitional times. 
So things like that have just been really important for like shifting the energy, even like adding flowers, like fresh flowers to the home can just really kind of elevate it. And it's a beautiful self-care practice too, because it's like you buy the flowers and then you look, every time you look at them, you're just like, I value myself. You know what I mean? And kind of speaking those intentions into things. And you can speak intentions into anything. Like you can drink a cup of tea and speak intention. Like every time I take a sip, you know, it's uplifting my vibration or like shifting negativity out of my aura or however you want to speak the intentions into things. So I like to say like spiritual hygiene is super important, but again, I hate when it feels pretentious because then it's like, then you don't want to do it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think one of the main themes that's really come out of the podcast so far, so I started it back in August, is like making your spiritual practice completely your own. And I think you've really hit the nail on the head like with that. Like if it feels pretentious, make it your own, do whatever, do whatever feels like really good to you and that's the same thing with like the word exercise like movement of your body like that can mean so many different things rather than just like deadlifting weight (laughs) you know (laughs) which is dope like I admire athletes because that takes such deep discipline but that's not my ministry you know (laughs) like that's not my thing you know absolutely yeah So in your bio, this is kind of, this is a great segue since we're talking about our own realities and vibrations. In your bio, you mentioned plant medicine and herbalism um, that help you connect more deeply to your own reality. I'm just wondering if you can speak a little bit more to that. So it's funny because I talked about this because we had circle last night um, where we like come together and, you know, talk about plant medicine and our journeys through the practice and things like that. And so honestly, when I like, I was, oh, I was not a plant person. Like that was not my thing. Um, my mom, I like to say is like a fairy reincarnate because literally like she has the most like gorgeous gardens and like aloes, the size of your arms. And like, just, you know, it's like, I like to call her, sometimes I call her, um, what's the lady's name from Batman? Is it green? Poison Ivy? Ivy? Poison Ivy. (laughs) I'm like, my mom is poison Ivy because literally like she can just, it's just like a twinkle. And then like all this stuff is like just luscious and beautiful. And I'm just like, I can't. And I was just like, why do I have this black thumb? Like what happened to me? I want to be able to grow beautiful things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I found the apprenticeship, I was like, I don't know what it is, but this just feels right, which like is mostly our intuition being like, come on, dummy, like it's time to do this thing, Um, which don't call yourself a dummy, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) sometimes, sometimes you need, you need a little shake, like let's do this, let's do this stuff, you know, this is for you, Um, and so I found the apprenticeship, And I'm like going through and every year you do the apprenticeship, you get paired with an ally. So a plant that you'll deeply study throughout the practice. And my first ally was comfrey. And I'm like, who is comfrey? I don't know her. Like, what is going on? Like, it just was very much like, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand who she is. Like, what is happening? And so it was so funny. Like when I first connected with the plant, it wasn't anywhere near me. And I just was like sitting there and I love intuitive journaling because like sometimes you just get so much information. And so I like started writing this poem to Comfrey and I'm like writing and I'm writing and I'm writing and I get to the end of it. And I was like, well, that was cool. 
And then all of a sudden it was just like downloads coming in like, and I'm like writing like three pages of like information about comfrey. So I'm just like, wow, okay. So it's just like, every time I like have these crazy like transformative experiences, it's like, oh, like, I feel like I've done this before. Like, was I a healer in a past lifetime? Like, was I, did I work with plants? And then it just like needed some time to carry over to this, you know, version of my reality. Like, I'm just sitting here like, wow, okay. And it's really helped, especially like, like big transitions, like leaving your job <laughs> after, you know, eight years and thinking that's going to be the trajectory of your life. Um, really with my emotional intelligence and just being like, okay, what does my body need right now? Okay, it needs nurturing. All right, maybe I should use some motherwort, you know, and kind of starting to really integrate these practices in a natural way where it's just like, there's so much deep nourishing in plant medicine that's really allowed me to like deeply connect to myself in a way that I wasn't as like, you know, I feel like I spent a lot of my my life running away from myself, really running away from like how I deeply felt and like the things that I've wanted to do just because it's like and things like imposter syndrome and like, you know, claiming depression over my life. And I feel like now, you know, plant medicine amongst like many other things was something that really allowed me to like tune back into myself and stop looking for my needs to be addressed outside of myself. Love that. Love that. Because um, I think we all do that, especially in like our current state of the United States and capitalism. Like there's always someone, something, some company to look to, to try to solve a problem. But um, yeah, one of the huge messages that I've been getting from my guides over the past, like I would say four or five months is what you need and the answers that you need are actually inside of you rather than looking out to like all these other things. It's, it's, it's already within you. So yeah, I completely agree. And on the note of working with your guides, you we talked about your guides throughout this interview so far, sort of like them um, prompting you to tell you it's time to leave your job. So what are some ways that you work with your guides and like have cultivated that guide connection? So there's a bunch of different ways. Um, like I said, spiritual hygiene is something that's really important to me. And what I love about meditation is it's like a quiet practice where I can kind of like allow things to kind of download into me, into my intuition, really allow myself to be open to messages. Um, Cause a lot of times I'll meditate with like a journal and it's funny cause like it's similar in Reiki too, where like I'm working in someone's body, I'm working in someone's energy and like things are coming in, in those quiet moments. And I feel like that's really where we can deeply connect because I feel like so much of our lives has us move away from like our guides and our intuition. And it's in those moments where we kind of quiet down and settle down that we can really receive information. Um, of course, divination is a really powerful tool. Um, and as someone who can sometimes, you know, still be living in this reality where like my brain is like, what? Are you sure? Because it's funny because it's like you do this work and it's like I do this work full time. And there are still moments where I'm like, is is that like that's what we're doing? Like a I know that, 
that's true. Like, you know, and yep. so yep. I like divination because it helps me be like, like sometimes because I'll like write weekly horoscopes and I'll like start writing the message ahead of time. And then I'll be like, all right, let me pull a couple cards. And I'll be like, you knew you girl was a psychic, like, cause it would be like a confirmation of something I already knew, Love but I'm that. like, all right, sometimes you just need to see. And I feel like that's a lot of what a psychic reading is. It's like, I just need the confirmation. Like I just need someone to tell me that what I think I know, I know. And so that's always really powerful. And sometimes I'll ask questions and be like, okay, I need to see like these specific things. And I love asking and interacting with my guides like that too. Like, I'll be like, okay, if it's a yes, show me a teal balloon. And <laughs> it's like something so clearly like abstract that it's like, you know, I'm not walking around every day seeing a teal balloon, yes. but it's just like kind of, it's a, fu- it's fun. Like, it's almost like you have to make it a bit of a game so that you can really have that deep confirmation. Cause sometimes, you know, we'll be like, am I working with my guides or am I just like telling my stuff? self the things I want to hear and it's like no and so that's always ways they always talk to me in angel numbers and I'm just like and I always say thank you like I'm like thank you thank you for the confirmation um because it's nice to kind of see that um and I also um love like nature walks and just kind of like getting really quiet listening to like the birds and then kind of looking around and like seeing what it is and like there's always like cool clouds and things where I'm like okay or even like the subtle nuances of your life like if someone cuts you off and then like in your you know you'll it's almost like this message of like okay like you're moving forward but you know sometimes life will redirect you like it's like it's it's crazy how like the the messaging comes in and you're just like, okay, if if the more receptive you are to it, the more open you are to like kind of the subtle nuances that shift when you interact with your guides and the messages that they're trying to send you, the more clear it'll be like, oh, they're trying to tell me X, Y, and Z. (laughs) So I feel like just, it's almost like the more you make room and the more you feed into the energy, the more that'll, it, it'll become clear, like, okay, my gods are speaking to me right now. They're trying to show me this. And it's just like, you know, it's just like the algorithms on like, you know, the socials, like, it's like the more you tap in and kind of are in this certain frequency, the more it'll become clear, the messaging that's trying to come through to you. Ooh, um, yes. And so I really... There's a lot of ways I work with them, but I feel like just having that openness and receptivity, it's like, I don't, it doesn't even always have to be intentional. It'll just be like, I walk outside, I see the thing or a song will play as someone's car drives down the street. And I'm like, okay. And I love saying like, when I'm like, see certain things, I'm like, more of this, please. Cause then it's like, it's like you're building that relationship where it's more fine-tuned to you, where it's like, okay, I need to see the angel numbers so that I know, or I need to, you know, hear the songs that allow me to communicate, like, or answer my questions. So I feel like being, like, you can specify how you want to be communicated with, and that's part of building the relationship too, because you're like, oh, they're actually listening to me. Like I see more angel numbers. I hear more music. I see more, you know what I mean? So I feel like being open and then kind of fine tuning that relationship too, like is really powerful. Oh, yes. I love those tips. So many good tips in there along with your own personal practices. So amazing. 
we're switching gears a little bit here. How can spirituality help to heal generational trauma, generational curses, generational cycles? I feel like the most powerful thing you can do is surrender to the bigger plan. I feel like a lot of times we want to create resistance in our lives by trying to exact controls in ways that we don't even really have them. And I've, I've, it's funny because this is probably something that I really started to like deep dive into when I had um, started therapy, but it was, she would just be like, okay, so, you know, I'm talking through a situation, I'm talking through a situation. All right. Well, you tried to control that outcome. Did that help it? And I'd be sitting there like, no. And she was <laughs> <laughs> like, you're sitting there like, no. Like, you almost feel stupid. Like, no. And then she's like, yeah. So sometimes she's like, you trying to control it is just an illusion. Like, control is always an illusion. And when you kind of just allow yourself to surrender to, like the inner knowings and like the shifts that you feel like, cause you'll be like, why is this thing being released from my life? And yes, it's painful. Like I'm not saying, and I always try to affirm that to people. Like, it doesn't mean that like, you're not going to feel like crappy sometimes when these things happen or that you're not going to be like deeply saddened by like releasing things from your life. But when you realize that like, your self-advocacy and like going after your dreams and going after your passions in a way that like your mom and grandma and their great your great grandma weren't able to do that. And you realize that like that surrender to the shifts that allow you to be able to do those things in this current reality are going to be what liberates this kind of like hold that was on your lineage. The more you can surrender to that idea and just allow yourself to follow, I think the more you're able to align yourself in ways that kind of break free from those previous limitations. And so I feel like the first step to like healing generational trauma is figuring out what your role is in this reality like what is your passion what is your purpose what did you come here to do because a lot of times the people before you didn't get to engage with life in that way they didn't get to allow you know what i mean they came here they felt like they had a job to do they felt like they had a certain way that they needed to live their lives and they lived that way because they needed to stay on the program they needed to feel that comfort of being in a certain version of their reality but when you make the decision like i'm going to step into my authentic voice and who i am and i'm really going to allow myself to shift and move through and really follow what is on my spirit to do that's when you can kind of create the shifts in your whole you know lineage and really start to heal those traumas that you know made people feel like they had to be you know enslaved to certain versions of their reality wow i'm just going to let that marinate in some some <laughs> silence because that is so so good. I think one of the main themes sort of coming out of this interview is like making space, right? And I absolutely love that. It's it can be hard like living in this crazy world to do that, but it's so so important for hearing yourself, hearing your guides, knowing what's your next move and all of that. So just absolutely love that. It has been such a pleasure to have you here and just to chat through all this amazing stuff. I'm sure we will see each other in person sometime. I, I have, would love that. Yes. I have one more final question for you, which I ask everybody. 
What can someone who's listening right now do in their daily life to open their door to their own natural psychic abilities a little bit more? I feel like we need to be better at like almost overindulging that little voice inside of us. So many of us will talk us ourselves like this morning, for example, I still do this. Like, so even someone who is like, you know, incorporated this as a deep part of their life still occasionally does this. Like I'm making a pot of tea. I put the water in there. I hear this little voice. That's like, you need more water than that. And I'm like, it'll be fine. And then I like, with the tea and I'm like no it wasn't fine like you knew (laughs) (laughs) like things that settle like where it's like you knew it wasn't fine but you just were like "Mm," you know just talk out the little voice and it's like sometimes we just need to deeply overindulge that little voice because it's the one that's telling us like what we need to move forward like it's our spirit being like I'm trying to advise you in a way that it creates trust in your intuition. And even if it's like telling you to go left when you normally would go right, there's always a reason for that. And I also feel like telling yourself like, and affirming like when you know, you really do know. Cause I feel like so many of us were like, I knew that. Like, I feel like we've probably overexhausted this. Like I want a nickel for like, every time I said, I knew that. And then I probably would be like, you know, fully funding some like gorgeous project to like bring all these people together you know what I mean because I just feel like having millions and millions of dollars of I knew that nickels you know yes (laughs) (laughs) I knew that nickels I love that (laughs) yeah like I knew that I knew like and it's like you know there's so many people at council where I'm like you're a psychic stop telling yourself you don't know like you know what I mean and it's like you know really allowing affirming that too and it's like and part of that is the affirmation of being like I knew that because it's like you need to hear that from yourself because it's like the more you trust that the more you are just like you know what I'm gonna stop questioning everything that I think and feel inside my body Mm. and I feel like also really starting to like understand like where in your body is your intuition because I know like mine is like deep in my belly for some people it's like you know in their heart space just understanding like where does your intuitive voice sit how does it come in how does it kind of feed you information because like you know I say I'm a seer because a lot of times it's through images or like it's not even always like a conscious image. Like it could literally be something built in my mind's eye. Like, oh, you feel like you're in a cage. And I'm like describing what the picture is that's being like shown to me. But really understanding like, how does your intuitive voice come in? Where does it sit in your body? How is that different from your inner critic and your, you know, your mind overthinking things? So just understanding where where is your intuitive voice in the body? How is that different? What does a yes feel like? What does a no feel like? things like that, really like tapping back into yourself, which I feel like is again, why spiritual hygiene is so important because we can't understand those subtle nuances. If we're always like up in the clouds, overthinking everything and kind of disconnected from our body and like what we are consciously experiencing. Oh, yes. So, so good. Can you tell people where they can find you? So I'm kind of like, 
been gearing most of my efforts to my Instagram. So my Instagram is at intuitive John. So feel free to follow me there. Um, if you want to book any services, it's intu intuitive John at gmail.com. And also you can hit my link tree and my Instagram and go to my website and see all my other services that are offered, Reiki readings, um, and my herbal work. Wonderful. Again, thank you so, so much for being here and, and shedding some wisdom on all of this for us. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you love the podcast and listen on Apple, please be sure to rate and leave a review. If you want more from Opening the Door, follow along on Instagram at Opening the Door Podcast. Have a question about psychic work or psychic development? Email openingthedoorpodcast at gmail.com and you might have your question included in one of our future Q&A episodes.